Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah. That plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. and welcome back to another episode of don't blame me this might not feel like a really exciting day for you guys this is a really (laughs) exciting day for melissa and i because i have been working for the last like three weeks we haven't Mm -hmm. recorded we haven't recorded in like a month almost yeah we uh well it was like the 26th so yeah three weeks ago three weeks so we pre-recorded recorded a few episodes which we haven't done in a while and we're just used to seeing each other all the time even like even when we weren't recording episodes every week we'd still like work out so like i'm used to seeing you at least once a week no truly the the longest we've gone without seeing each other was when when you went home for christmas yeah and that's it though like that's it and that's and that has been going on since however long we started the podcast mm-hmm. like i'm used to seeing you every day for the last like what yeah three years yeah 
four. So. Because it was 17, 18, 19, 20. Oh, no, three. Math. My math was off. You were right. It's great. It was also <laughs> just, I just like word vomited yeah. three. And I was like, who knows? It'll, it'll be right. Um, so this is really exciting for us. We already started recording. And then we just spent, we just recorded an 11 minute clip of us just gossiping and being like, <laughs> we can't put this in the episode. And so that was before, restart. like we've been talking for the last 40 minutes. Yes. So <laughs> you guys are missing some great tea. Yeah. Um, you know uh fuck how do we start this oh this is an advice podcast mm-hmm. if you guys are new here and you want to call for an upcoming episode you can leave us a voicemail at 310-694-0976 and international listeners you can send an audio message at meganpodcast at gmail.com what other housekeeping things we haven't said any of them what are what are what are some things we'd like to share with the class that we can share with the class we're not like keeping any like secret project from you guys it was mostly just like you know me being shady about someone who texted me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, oh, you moved? I'm in my new spot. How good does it look? If you guys aren't watching the video, switch on to the video. See this? The brightness, the color. I'm also loving the color coordination of the yellow and pink pillows. Very on brand. Thank you. They're purple. It's- oh, really? Yeah. Oh, they are. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh, those look. Oh, those look soft let's hop into our first call oh i can't wait to give real advice hi megan and melissa probably no guests because of covid um i'm gonna stay where i work if you could just beep out the state i'd really appreciate that um so i'm a 21 year old libra and i will be graduating in december with my bachelor's in science and human development and family studies right now i'm working for democratic senators for their digital team I love my job, and I'm really interested in pursuing both the digital communication and politics portion of my job after I graduate. Originally, I was planning on getting my bachelor's in science of nursing after this degree, but I just really can't see myself pursuing a career in nursing. My mom, who's a Leo, is really pushing me to go down the BSN path. Um, If I was giving advice to a friend, I would probably tell them to sit down and talk to their mom about the situation, but my situation's a little bit different because I have type 1 diabetes, and a career in nursing would give me much better pay and insurance, especially starting out. Um, The pay is an issue for my mom because she's really scared I won't be able to be financially stable, and the insurance is something that worries both of us. Um, I don't know how much you guys know about the cost of insulin or diabetes care in general in America, but my without insurance is about 40 to 50 grand a year. I have really good insurance with under my mom right now, and it's still really expensive. Um, like, my supplies runs five hundred to six hundred dollars every three months. Um, I would just love just love some advice from a third party on what I should do in this situation, how to talk to my mom, um, what you guys would do in this situation. Really, any advice um, just on kind of how to pick a practical job versus a job that you'll actually love. Uh, Thank you guys so much. Jesus, this is awful. Like Mm -hmm. America and prescription drugs, like the whole healthcare system, the like you having to have to choose between doing something you love and doing a job just so that you can have insurance is just fucked up. It's insane. And even the thing that I think is the most ridiculous is like, I'm on Adderall, Adderall for ADHD and Adderall is notoriously expensive without insurance and like to get to your uh, deductible and all of that sort of stuff. 
and I won't I won't be able to function like a normal human being without it but I won't Mm -hmm. die and it is not even a fraction like it would not cost me that much a year and like that's the thing that I think is so fucking insane so uh serendipitously enough I know someone who is an actor who literally went to nursing school because uh they're a diabetic and they they needed the insurance um because yeah that was like it was the same thing it was like okay acting is their passion they love it they still audition they still like work and they do that stuff when they when they can and when they need to and uh I'm not sure if they're done with their schooling specifically yet um but that that's that's literally why they were going into like working on like doing nursing too I think the thing I would say for you is I would I don't know if there's like a is is there a way that you could do both like is there a way that you could have a job in nursing that's not like being like an like being like a nurse at a hospital could you do something that is maybe a little bit more fulfilling for you that's, that's what like I was thinking too oh you doing like a hospice sort of thing or doing something that is more part-time or like being like a, a personal nurse for someone a couple days a week and then volunteering and doing other stuff in politics as well because I think you're in a position where you could do so much a great like advocating for like universal mm-hmm. health care. Yeah, but- unfortunately, health is a political issue here <laughs> in America. So I feel like there is a job somewhere that bridges the two. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Even if it's like if you're working at the hospital in the social media department, because most hospitals oh. have social media. And you can be like, I can, I'm just like, I don't know if this exists or if you could help this exist or something Mm -hmm. where it's like, ask a nurse where it's not like, like, it's like a social media thing. It's not like you giving like specific health advice, but knowing that you can come from like, um, educated point of view on the topics, um, I don't, I, yeah, I, I feel like there's something that that can that, that that there's a job that you can do both that bridges the gap, and yeah. it might take some time to figure out what that is, or even bringing it to somebody and saying this is what I want to do, or mm-hmm. creating your own. I know creating your own actually doesn't work right now because you're trying to get your health insurance, but yeah, yeah, this. Because you can work in the medical field and reap the benefits of almost all, almost all of the benefits um, mm-hmm. of uh, health insurance for people who also work in the medical field without actually, like, you could po- potentially work if you worked for um, like a, like a like a medical school in like mm-hmm. advocacy or something like that. I think you could. I would. Th- think I don't have a ton of knowledge all I know is I grew up with a parent who worked in the medical field but like not uh not like a doctor not like a yeah like a nurse or anything like that so I but I like had great insurance as a kid growing up because of that Mm -hmm. um and so I wonder if there is a way for you to like be able to do both and I would also say I think the your like your education everything that you're doing I think the great thing about um politics and like working in politics is so much of it is volunteer based so I think even if you take like okay so like right now I've got I need to like set myself up so worst case scenario that I am that healthcare continues to be 
this continues to be incredibly expensive and like there's nothing no changes or advancements happen in like the payment of insulin and stuff like that this is like what how I'm setting myself up but if you maintain the contacts and like the political world and all of that sort of stuff just like human experience and like life experience is experience for politics and advocating for that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. so I think if you can prioritize your like your physical health and leaving leaving space for you to do these things that you really like that make your that that's like a career that would really like make you super happy and like really fulfilled finding a way that you always have room for that and that there's room for that to expand and become your full-time job if and fingers crossed when let's manifest that shit when we get to a place in the world where you don't have to you don't have to be concerned about affording to survive Mm -hmm. like because it is like it's a really really tough thing and I think it's it sucks that it's a choice but and yeah, I know people who've who've done this exact same thing, who've like gone into nursing not because they like it's their passion, but because like, oh, well, my passion can't I can't sustain that. Like I'm not gonna be able to afford it, which is mm-hmm. that shit fucking okay. crazy. I wonder if there's also any um what insurance is like working for any uh like I guess you have to be I don't really really I should really understand because in my data as a nonprofit, but I don't really understand how that works like insurance wise with a nonprofit. Like if uh, you were able to work for something, um, do social media for like uh like the national like a diabetes like something that's like a I forget what it's called, the one that Nick Jonas is a spokesperson for. But if you were working for something like that that does a lot of uh political initiative and like right trying to write bills and do all of that stuff to like pass or like advocating for like uh for like knowledge and understanding in the classrooms and with peers and all of that stuff I wonder what the health insurance is like for that but I don't know because it's I guess those are non-profits America is trash so trash it's stupid I'm pissed off for you me too but sending you um lots of positive thoughts through this which sounds like so corny and shitty but like it does suck to kind of feel like you're choosing you don't really get you know what I mean like you're not mm-hmm. like you're choosing between something you don't want to you don't want to have to choose between hi again Melissa I got cut off the first time so I'm going to try to be a lot quicker um, I'm 20 years old I'm a Capricorn I'm dating an Aquarius and I've been dating for nine months now basically I'm calling about how to navigate the feeling of dating a musician who seems to mostly write a lot of songs about his exes I feel like I have a really healthy relationship with my boyfriend, and we have a lot of great communication. But due to some communication errors in the past, in the beginning of the relationship, I felt a little compared to his exes. So then that kind of stemmed some insecurity and jealousy issues with me. And I've never really been in a relationship where um, my partner's really been friends with their exes or thought about their exes. And the only time I have been in that situation is with the one person who cheated on me with their ex. Um, but in my case now, my boyfriend's four years older than me, and he's um, friends with his exes. So that's kind of unfamiliar territory for me. But on top of that, um, he writes a lot of songs about his exes. And he produces these songs, and he writes them, he releases them. And some of them were written years ago, but also some of them are still being written today and released today. Um, so this has kind of caused his exes to be like a taboo topic where we can't really talk about them, but I'm starting to kind of feel bad about that um, because I want to hear about those formative times in his life because relationships are such a big part in their lives. And I also want to talk about mine, um, my past experiences without feeling like a hypocrite. 
Um, but I just feel weird knowing that he kind of has to put himself there mentally all the time, like in this place of heartbreak and love and devastation and all of those feelings of break in, in a breakup. And he has to write about that in a song almost every single day. So just being with someone who's constantly thinking about their exes, I'm just not sure how to navigate that feeling. And I don't want to censor him. I don't want him to not write songs about his exes. And I don't want it to make him feel like he's not allowed to have these thoughts or feelings. I just kind of want to find a way to cope with my feelings and insecurities without sacrificing him being able to talk about what he wants to. Um, and I've talked about this with my therapist and have gotten a lot better about um, getting weird whenever he mentions an ex, but it's still something kind of difficult that we're both not sure how to navigate. And he reassures me he does a great job. But um, at the end of the day, I still kind of don't know how to feel about being with someone who's thinking about their exes all the time as opposed to usually someone who's moves kind of thinks more forward, but he has to, you know, use them as music for his music. Um, that's basically it. Um, it causes a lot of anxiety for me, but I'm just trying to figure it out and see what ways I can talk myself down from those ledges. Thank you so much for your help. I'm not trying to make a mountain out of a molehill, but um, I just wanted some perspective and advice on it. Thank you so much. Have a great day. My number one question, is he writing songs about you? And are they happy ones? That's what I was going to say, because you've said that you that he's writing songs about heartache and like breaking mm -hmm. up and stuff. So, I mean, like, yes, he has to put his mind his mind in that mindset, but it's not a also, good mindset. It's not a good mindset. It's not like he's thinking about them in like a positive light. And if he's not writing bad songs about you, that's a plus as well. But yeah. I do get that he is constantly thinking about them. But if you're going to constantly think about somebody, at least you're making money off of them. True. <laughs> and you're not thinking it. about, like, the good stuff. The good stuff. times, yeah. I think if he's writing songs about you that are, like, that, that have this clear distinction between, like, oh, okay, these are heartbreak, sad songs. And obviously you're not going to draw from, like, our relationship to write that kind of stuff and that or just like sad songs is he like Adele like are sad songs mm -hmm. like his thing the other thing I would say is like I don't know how much you've had conversations with him about it because I think I have friends who are musicians and like a lot of the time they'll like you know draw from a specific experience but then also a lot of the time it's like oh you know that feeling when mm -hmm. as opposed to like oh this person I specifically dated and this is what went down between us um, and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, and I would also just, so I think like talking about ex, you guys, they've been together for like almost a year. I think she said something similar to that. I think that like talking about exes, I think talking about like your past and like talking about like formative years and like memories or specific things that like your exes happen to be at, like, great. That's like totally fine. And I think if there's like a specific thing with an ex that like you want to talk about because like it's coming back up with your current relationship. But I'm also a little bit curious how he just like brings up his exes all of like in that way, because like yeah. at a certain point is just kind of unnecessary in a well, way she said that they're still friends oh okay so they're still friends but he's writing these heartbreak songs about them mm -hmm. does it feel kind of like the one that got away there's still a lot of sad feelings there and like he's writing these essentially like not take me back but like you know like there's still a lot of emotions there 
and they're still in his life. Oh yeah, that's weird. That's weird to me. Yeah. But I'm also like, you know, a jealous person. Mm-hmm. But, but as a, if if you want to go like off astrological signs, like as a Aquarius, like I can completely yeah. shut off those feelings, and they mean nothing. Like I can write about the type like about like I use a lot of experiences that I go through in my writing and like I can still be friends with somebody and use those experiences when I write so like I completely get where he's coming from yeah um I think the thing is is you just have to kind of honor your feelings and I don't think that like this idea that you need to kind of like push through it if you don't feel comfortable like if you're fine, if it's kind of like, okay, I know he has to think about his exes and they're in his music and they're friends with him and all that stuff. So like, that's as much as I can handle. I don't want to just have like random conversations about them or reminisce talking about them out of those two contexts, out of the fact that like they're still in his life, they're still friends and he's writing music. Like, I just don't want any more than that. Like my plate is full of them. I think that's fine. Like, I don't think you need to be I don't think you need to like power through and just kind of like continue to have conversations if you don't feel comfortable with it. And it might just be like, this is just overwhelming and it's too much. Like, can you be okay with him writing songs with them? And are you also okay with him being friends with his exes? And then digest that before you decide like, oh, and I want to be cool talking about them all the time. Cause like, I don't think you need to be. Um, Mm -hmm. but I think if for him, if he really like, I, I know people who like, cause you're not like you're friends with your exes, but you're also not not at, like not in like a oh fuck everyone else like regardless what every, how anyone else like feels comfortability like these are my friends like you're very much like a okay is there new partners or like their new girl are they okay yeah. with being friends and like if someone I'm talking to like is this is this comfortable for everybody um but if he's kind of one of those you know musicians who like loves to be tortured and like loves to like just be fucking sad and like have all that I have friends who are like that too, who kind of are just like, oh, fuck what anyone else thinks. Like, this is like, this is what I need for my art. And in that case, I would just say, bye. Yeah. Because your comfort should also be like a factor in this. And like, I think it's, it's already a lot to digest. And I think like, you don't need to like go above and beyond than what you want to or feel comfortable with. And also doesn't make you a hypocrite by you talking about you're like and if he makes you feel like that that's just like gaslighting as fuck to be Mm -hmm. like what like you're allowed to have feelings about hey uh this makes me feel a certain way when like we talk about your exes when I already know that you're thinking of them and you're already doing all this stuff and like blah 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 and then we talk about memories with them even more it just kind of feels like a little like stuck in the past and really wistful when I'm like not a part of your past um but yeah I just and I also would assume that this if this doesn't get better I think you talk about exes at like the first like third of your like the first like couple months of being together of like once you're together together that's when like the ex conversations come up and it can kind of like there's some like jealousy there and all of that stuff but it like fades out not just your Mm -hmm. feelings but like the as much as you talk about them because like you already know in a way so I think if it doesn't get better then I would be like like, if Mots and I still talk about our exes, like, the same amount that, like, we did when we first started, like, I'm like, oh, that's, I know who that bitch is. Okay. Not in, like, a bad way, but, like, I know mm-hmm. who she is. I know who that is. I know who she is. Like, okay, cool. Got it. Down. But, like, you don't need to keep Bring going. Going, going, going. And take, yeah. tell them to take a creative writing class. Like, 
just like draw on feelings not like is it can you imagine if the songs are like really fucking specific like is he he like ariana he, like, grande is like says, says her fucking name, name. <laughs> i would just and you're like in the crowd like like waving your fucking like uh, lighter except it's Who over does Zoom. that anymore everybody know. does the phone it's fine oh true. true 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 you're doing it over like old, his zoom concert. i guess you to you turn 27 now and you just Dude. like get old <laughs> okay last question i have for this girl is his music good do you know what I mean it seems like he's like making a living off of it maybe yeah can we hear it i would love if you, to hear it facts though if you fucking send us the songs of the ex-girlfriends i feel like we'll be able to te- like i think we'll be able to give you a much more like hey you should be worried or i think you're fine like mm-hmm. g- if we can compare a song about you and then a song about an ex but part of me thinks if she's like concerned and worried about it it's not like a uh like taylor swift we are never getting back together it's a little bit more like you know adele when we were young yeah uh, the one the one that got away yeah that's like what i'm thinking yeah hi megan melissa and potential guest um i'm 21 bi and a cancer calling in about some friendship advice um i know you guys like obviously aren't the arbiters of all queer issues but hopefully you can be of some help um one of my oldest friends who's a gemini posted a meme about straight people pretending to be queer She's a lesbian and um, often posts things with a similar tone every so often. And while I know it's probably not about me, I have to admit that I've been taking it kind of personally. While I've dated like men, women, and non-binary people, I've only ever been in actual relationships with straight dudes. It feels like when she posts memes about who can say they're queer and who can't, I probably come to mind along with several of our mutual friends are bisexual and currently dating men my question is i'm really torn should i be offended by this or am i making it about me i tend to be really wary of invalidating other people's sexuality but um maybe she's also speaking on a real issue are memes like that biphobic or otherwise alienating to queer people also how can i stop the nagging feeling that she's subbing me and is that my own internalized homophobia making me insecure Thank you, guys. I love your show so much. Please be harsh if I need to hear it or, I don't know, if I'm not asking the right questions. All right. Bye, guys. No, you do not need to hear harsh advice because no, you this are. Isn't, this isn't call for harsh no. advice. And also, you are a sweet cancer baby, and I would never do that to you because my best friend Sydney is a cancer. And if anyone says that they're a fucking cancer when they call in, full, I will, we, I will fully, I will. I was so listening much to empathy. Uh, a podcast before this, and the lady was, um, she's a, a psychic, and she was talking about, like, she was doing some of it, and it was, like, cancer stuff, and so she was like, I've been going through all these people's emotions, and now I need, like, a little break from that. Yeah! It's, like, sponges. Like, mm-hmm. full-on, like, maternal, paternal, whatever, if there's a gender-neutral uh, term of uh, parental. Paternal internal some internal <laughs> sponges mm-hmm. um i obviously like we can't speak on like like you're saying we can't speak on it from like personal uh experience but 
I mean, I, I'm learning a ton about biphobia in like current, like current Mm -hmm. day now. And a lot about how it is like super, like how it is like super predominant, especially, um, within like the LGBTQ, uh, IA plus community. Um, and I think that like, regardless of like what the issue is, like you're, feelings are valid like it doesn't have to be about you to feel like if you feel and like I think there's like a quote I forget what the exact like usually I use it in terms that are like much more condescending than this one but if it's like if you read something and you feel like and you think that it's about you like that's on like I didn't say it was about you like you said that yeah but that also applies in these kinds of situations like if you read something and it kind of like rings true I wouldn't necessarily say that that's just on you that can be like hey my relationship with this person specifically makes me feel like that this could be about me not like as like a oh a mass post from like a fuck jerry account or something where you're like oh i feel personally attacked it's like this is someone who i know and i would also think that like at least for when i post something like i think about obviously like how it will be interpreted but like especially if there's something like about like a specific person that like I'm friends with where I go oh actually what if they what if someone thinks this is about them and it's not like I'm not I'm not going to do that and I think like yeah I mean again I can't I can't I can't come at it from like a critical eye because I'm not in that community but it is it is a little like gatekeeping in a Mm -hmm. way that like most people most of like the the people I know who identify as bi I came to that realization and understanding when they were in like heterosexual relationships and it's super common for people to I have friends who've come out as bi like once married like once in like and have never and to this day have only ever been with men but Mm -hmm. like are that doesn't make them any any less any less bi any less attracted to women at all but and you've dated women it's just that you haven't been in a relationship with one so it's not like I'm just like how you identify is how you identify that's for you and that's not for someone else if she's saying things that you think are offensive or biphobic then reach out to her and maybe Mm -hmm. she doesn't realize what she's doing or maybe she does know exactly what she's doing and she's being disrespectful for to you so yeah I think it's just worth a conversation with her no, totally. Because these are not like these are such huge emotions to process of being like, is my friend biphobic or is this my own internalized homophobia? Like those mm-hmm. are really fucking heavy things to process and deal with. And like that's not that's not all on you at all. Right. Like that is something that like have that conversation with her and talk to her um, about it, because there's also ways to talk about issues that aren't alienating other members of the community and like there are ways like if you want to talk about like oh uh like it's because it, it's it seems like the intention of the post was like you know like a straight girls queer baiting if like if you mm-hmm. want to talk about queer baiting and that kind of a thing um and ha- having that be a conversation without also kind of lumping like buy people into that narrative and like making that big distinction even if it wasn't her goal like it does like you're right it does kind of include like you're like oh wow this feels like it could be about me and I mm-hmm. think the the thing that I uh, I as a straight person like I I bef- I knew I liked boys before I ever 
kissed a boy or like had a boyfriend or anything like that. And it seems so backwards that that doesn't apply for a lot of people uh, thinking about like people who are bi where it's like, uh, oh, you just or even like the same thing that happens to um, gay people, too. It's like it's like, oh, you just haven't been with the right woman yet or you haven't been with the right man yet. And it's like no one invalidated your like heterosexuality when like you just had a crush and you've never like nobody at once ever invalidated my feelings for like liking boys before I had ever like been intimate with someone or had a boyfriend. Mm -hmm. But like as soon as it's something that's like not, you know, the traditional like heteronormative, it's like, oh, no, like you don't. How can you know that you don't know that? And it's like the same way that anybody knows. Like it's Mm -hmm. just it's just a it's just a fucking fact yeah and also the fact that like there's we're getting better with representation now but even still like we live in like a heteronormative society so like it does make total sense why a lot of people would not come to that conclusion that like oh like if you didn't grow up knowing that and having it be accepted that like gender is a fucking construct like uh cis people married cis people like uh, they're all they're all of these different like anyone can marry anyone it, it all like love is love and all of that kind of stuff you didn't grow up in that kind of way it can be really hard to identify like to eat if you can't identify with the things that you're seeing how the fuck are you also supposed to know how you identify or how you feel because you're like i've only ever seen one thing so right. i didn't even know there's another fucking option to to feel or think a certain way to define the emotions of things i'm already thinking i'm already feeling like i don't have the words for it yet or the knowledge or understanding um but i say talk to her about it and i i would really like urge you to not uh not put it on you in the conversation and not be like I don't know if I'm being too sensitive or I don't know if I like I and like totally feel free to tell me if I'm wrong I would just point blank be super honest like hey I saw that post you made and uh I'm not sure if it was your intention but to me it felt I I definitely kind of took it personally and it felt pretty biphobic and that's Mm -hmm. it and you don't and not like a justification for her um in that sort of a thing because I think already just from how you've worded this call and also from all of the cancers in my life uh tending to like absorb responsibility and like Mm -hmm. all of that emotion and like processing it for other people and then kind of like processing your own emotions that other people have done for you and then kind of giving back a watered down version to like make it easier and like to not put awkwardness on other people or uncomfortability on other people but when someone makes you feel uncomfortable, it's not your responsibility to not make them feel uncomfortable as you tell them that they made you feel uncomfortable. Yep. But I would also think that this community of our podcast has a lot of great things to say. So if you guys are comfortable talking about it in the comments, please do on the YouTube comments. If you're also in our Facebook group, um, I'm sure there's a lot of other people who can relate to this kind of kind of stuff because i i mean i just see fucking twitter and like in instagram infographics about it a lot and hear mm-hmm. people talking about it but yeah. i'm also not a part of the community so exactly. i'm sure it's we even can only talk about what we've observed yeah. but not from personal experience mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but no but doing like a phone a friend yeah true but i've also learned so much about how like biphobia is um just like ingrained in or like the double standards of it is like so ingrained in our society how like it's so uh like it's hot for two girls to make it out Mm -hmm. to make out with each other and like my friends and I definitely all made out with each other in high school and that sort of a thing and like I think back on it I'm like 
as far as I mean like I was never I don't think I ever like questioned my sexuality but like the fact that like it was just so you're just doing it to do it doing it to do it and also doing it because like guys told us it was hot and in yeah. that way but at the same way I have like friends who didn't come out and I went to like a really progressive and inclusive high school but I had friends who didn't feel comfortable coming out in high school like mm-hmm. guy friends who came out as gay and it's like there is there is that double standard where like girl on girl hot guy on guy not hot like mm-hmm. what like that's these things that are socially acceptable versus not but then also a huge amount of the reason why it's like girl on girls making out is like because straight men think it's for them and like that's ha- they just like have to own everything <laughs> and like and it, the whole thing is just like so so absolutely fucked so I think your feelings are very valid, and I think you should talk to her about it. Yeah. Not nice. It's also, like, so not nice when you see someone post something, and, like, you just feel like it's about you. hmm And, like, not in, like, a funny, like, co-star astrology meme way. Or not, like, when somebody posts something, like, about a racist, and then racists actually get triggered, and they get angry about it. <laughs> and you're like, okay, so... So, <laughs> so you are racist. Yep. <laughs> So you're, what you're saying, so you're telling me that the shoe fits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Okay. Ugh. Ugh, ugh, ugh. Icky feelings. Icky feelings. Um, we're sending you lots of love and support. And, um, yeah, I hope I hope this comes to, like, a, a satisfying and positive okay. conclusion for you, even if it's not – maybe it doesn't – maybe if it doesn't feel that way in the exact moment. Me too. Progress. That's the goal. Okay, guys, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Okay, guys, we are back from our break, and we're getting to the rest of the calls. Hello, Megan and Melissa. I just wanted to ask my question. I've been dating my boyfriend for four years, and we've talked about marriage pretty consistently for the past couple years. And his family and my family are very pro at happening. And I have, I was kind of uncomfortable with it at the beginning because I didn't think I was ready. But I feel like I am ready now. And when I do talk, we talk about rings and it's all like very positive. But whenever I talk to my partner about it, he's always like, it's going to happen when it happens. And I just, I want to be, it's not that I don't want to be in a relationship where I'm like, yes, it's going to happen. And I'm like so obsessed with it. But I feel like I'm at a stage now where it makes sense for me to have that thing happen in my life. I'm just wondering how do I speak to him about it without sounding like this is an ultimatum and I want you to do it, but just being like, is it going to happen? Should I put my heart set on it? Because it is something that I want to do and he has said that he wants to do. I don't know I don't want to sound like some crazy like person that's like oh my god you have to marry me and I'm gonna be like in unfulfilled if you don't but it just seems that like I'm putting my heart into something and maybe he's not or he's just like kind of blase about it 
anyway, honestly, this sounds, saying it out loud sounds really dumb, but everyone around me is like, yes, it's going to happen. And I'm like, I really don't think it's not, but I do want it to happen. And I just would like some advice on how to speak to him without sounding like I'm desperate. Anyways, I love the podcast and I really admire your honesty and the advice that you give to people. I, yeah, it would just be really great to see what you say. I don't feel good about this. My thing is, like, they're looking at rings, they're talking about it, but she's not convinced. Yeah. So what is it that he's saying or doing that's making you convinced that it's actually not going to happen? That's what I want to know, too. And also, when you said, I just don't want him to think that I'm desperate, that to me, I'm like, homegirl, you've been dating for fucking four years. And if he's given you the feeling that you asking, hey, when is this going to happen? Like, it just... You know, you've been dating Mots for four years and you oh, know that you're getting married. We talk There's no every doubt single day. in your mind. No doubt There's at no all. There's no doubt in my mind that they're getting married. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm confused about this is that like we are in very similar positions in the sense that like Mots and I, have a date, we've been dating almost almost five years now, which is fucking insane. Um, But like I have no doubts where I stand and where he stands. And I think that the ultimatum question, I I don't think that you're confident and kind of convinced that this is what he wants and he is going to do it because it's not even like, I thought you were going to say like an ultimatum about like, I need to be like, I like ring by spring or whatever those fucking things are. But like, there's no timeline in like this, like hypothetical ultimatum of yours. It's just that like, I want to, I, I want to get ma- married. And I think that like, okay. So when you say like, well, I wasn't, wasn't sure. So sure. But like now I like, I want to like, where at the beginning I wasn't so sure. Like, yeah. So four years ago, obviously like, that's mm-hmm. kind of like a common thing. Like four years ago, I, I don't know if I knew I wanted to like, I mean, I think I probably like knew after like a year of dating moths that I was like, I feel like this is who I'm going to end up with. Um, but like, I wasn't ready and like the whole point is like yeah you keep dating and then you're until you're like until you reach the age in which you're ready and so you are that now and if he's made you feel at all that like you didn't want to four years ago so like why like you now is like being desperate I think you need to like take away what everybody else is saying on the sidelines like your friends your family like his family and all of that and like how is he when it's you Mm -hmm. too like do you actually believe it? Because I think there is like, you know, always that thing where people are like, oh, well, like, you know, he's probably just going to propose like right now. And like, that's why he's like being so shady about it. And it's like, yeah, maybe. But like also at the same time, like, I don't know anybody who was so blindsided. I mean, I know a couple people who've been like completely blindsided by proposals. Why most people know. And like, the fact that like you're so unsure if you guys are on the same page yet you still talk about it makes me think like you said what is he saying or what is he not saying that makes you question it because Mm -hmm. like there is a way to say like I think if we didn't if I didn't hear the tone of your voice and all of this stuff like if there's a way if you just told me like oh yeah my boyfriend says like well it'll happen when it happens like then I'm like ooh, like 
he just wants it to be a surprise Mm -hmm. but everything else about this just makes it be like oh that it kind of sounds like like now it sounds like a cop-out like now it sounds like a you know, uh, you know, it's maybe gonna happen, you know, one day, maybe. Yeah. Potentially. And also it's not if you don't want to if you want to get married, like that's not like a. Oh, I'm being a crazy girl who like will only date you if you like marry me. Like, no, like that. <laughs> that's like if you want to get married, that that's like that's a deal breaker like that doesn't make you annoying or make you controlling or make you like a certain kind of like person at all just like if you want to you want to I want to bitch Mm -hmm. I want dental insurance (laughs) I constantly I'm like should we just get married now so I can hop on that insurance boy but uh yeah I think you have to have like a really like not an ultimatum conversation because I don't necessarily think that if he's not all in you don't giving an ultimatum just means you have a dude who's not all in who like is then just doing it Mm -hmm. I think you need to have like a really honest conversation and just be like hey like I know we've talked about this like in hypotheticals and like our families and stuff but like taking out everybody else's input and like feelings like what how do you feel and like don't say what you feel first just let him like fucking take the reins of the conversation and be like I want to hear your 100% honesty because I think that's the way that you'll get the actual answer because right now it's just like so unsure like that's such a mind fuck Mm -hmm. like i'm i'm just so confused by him and you should never feel like like desperate with a partner that you've had for four years like ever like that's such like that should be a feeling within your relationship that's like fucking eradicated like you should be like farting in front of each other like fucking like just like burping each other's face there's like gross shit like it shouldn't be like a oh i don't want to come across as desperate right yeah next call best of luck on this situation please let us know what happens hi megan melissa um hello so i'm going through this weird thing where i just outed my rapist publicly online um it's been a few years coming and it finally happened it was the right time and when i did it Two other women did it right after me and followed suit. Since then, um, our posts have kind of gained a lot of traction in our community. I've been gaining so many messages, so many new followers, having, like, a bunch of new people look at my stories. I'm not used to this much attention. And it feels like this is the first time my voice is actually being listened to and heard and respected. So now I'm faced with this point where I'm kind of a leader and spearheading this movement of outing racists and keeping my community safe in my town. Um, I'm talking to businesses, council people. It's weird. My my question, I guess, is I'm having people reach out to me, um, kind of sharing their own personal traumas of sexual assault, et cetera, and I'm trying to be there for everybody. And I'm an empath, and I want to be there and support everyone as much as I possibly can. And I'm kind of burned out. I just broke up with my long-term boyfriend. I'm moving cities at the end of this month. I came out to my mother, and now I just outed my rapist, and a bunch of people are in my inboxes asking for guidance, support, and advice. My question is, how do you, especially as people who host this podcast, how do you manage helping others while also maintaining boundaries and taking care of yourself at the same time? I'm feeling kind of burnt out, but I also really want to keep this going and keep my voice heard and utilize it while I have it. Um, I know this is a weird one, so if you have any thoughts or, or ideas, I would so love to hear it, and um, I really appreciate you guys. Thank you. You're incredible. 
Oh my god. And I can just like I can I can totally see why people are like really gravitating towards you. Like even just your voice, like even just like how mm-hmm. you speak in this, like you are like so dynamic and like engaging and also like yeah, it fucking it's incredible and and so inspiring. Um first of all, congratulations for like for your fucking like l- like life for this and like being able to do this like it's such and being an inspiration for other oh people yeah too it's and and I think that it can feel really hard to like carry the weight of that when it's something that is like so deeply personal to you and like is such a personal win to have people like hear your story and hear you out on this thing that like, you felt silenced for so long um and then have it kind yeah kind of come with these with these like side effects of something that is really really hard for you to talk about um Mm -hmm. and like listen and be there for people we wholeheartedly wholeheartedly understand that um I think the first thing I would say is work on um shifting your mindset because this temporary mindset that like people are only listening to me for like this amount of time blah, blah 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 like taking advantage of it while you have it is it, it sounds really inspiring but it puts so much pressure on you that this is like you have this window of opportunity and like make the most of it and this is your life like this is your life mm-hmm. and it's also your trauma like it doesn't have like a 15 minutes of fame sort of thing um and your everything that you've done and your story it 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 helps people in years to come like you don't have to actively be behind it every step of the way and just putting something out there and talking about it one time helps people and those people then help other people and all of that that responsibility is not on you to continue to continue like a momentum of it because like it's yeah it it, it's a momentum that is rooted in like trauma and healing and that's not something that's like linear and something that you can then just like shed your own personal feelings for and kind of like power through I think it's important to take breaks a lot of the time and I think it might feel like a lot of pressure on you to respond to people to hear people out because you didn't feel like other people heard you out but it's like what we say with all this stuff like you can't like fill someone else's glass from an empty one and you do need to create those boundaries and I definitely I've talked with this with uh, a, a couple of my friends who are also like YouTubers who've shared like mental health or trauma related stuff and it just gets to a point where you have to pick and choose the people who you can respond to and mm-hmm. I think this is going to sound harsh but also um it can be really hard to help people if they're tra- if they're if they haven't done any work in their own trauma and their own self-reflection so like there are dms that are like it, it it's just putting a lot on someone else of being like uh you saved my life i wouldn't be here like i don't know what to do like you're the only thing in my li- like you're the only person who i can come to with all of it it puts so much pressure on you for a situation and a person who you actually don't have any of that control over of their life or their situation but when other people feel like you do it can make you feel like you do and I think for you like if there are messages of people who are like thank you for sharing your story and if you feel compelled to answer answer certain people but don't feel obligated to because 
it sucks. You can't help like in a way, like there's like a certain thing, like your story will help people, but that's a story that people can come back to and reflect on and think about and sit with. But you as a person, it is not your responsibility as like a living, breathing person in that moment to help people 24 hours a day because Mm -hmm. you, you can't unless they, they have to do so much of their own, their own work to get to a place in which they can share that your story has helped them and not ask have asked you specifically because you're already like if you're talking to like local businesses and doing all that stuff like you're putting in all this fucking legwork to create like a safe system and Mm -hmm. like a community in place to like or or yeah a system in in place to make your community like a safer place and like more educated on the subject but for a day-to-day sort of aspect there are certain things you can't help yeah you can't help and I think also you should be in a support group so that because you've got all this these burdens on you and everything's mm-hmm. holding you down but like you still went through your own your own trauma you're through it but now you're carrying other people's trauma as well and so like you asked us like how do we get through things with giving mm-hmm. advice on this podcast when the cameras go off we still there's some things that we still like talk about off camera and so having that having someone else to talk to that's gone through the same thing as you um, will help you tremendously. Yeah. And there's also calls that we don't answer. And like, mm-hmm. there are certain things and like, I think the thing, and it's something I've really had to learn is like, you can only help people who want to be helped mm-hmm. and we can only do it at a certain point. So like, if one of us is like not doing so hot mental, mental health wise, like, we're not going to answer certain questions about Mm -hmm. it. Or there's like certain things in our own lives that like we don't answer questions on the podcast that pertain to that thing in our lives. Cause like, I don't want to talk about, we don't want to talk about it because it's not, it's, it's not productive or there are calls that I, I don't, I wouldn't, I would just there, there's something where I think we've all been in that place. If we're like talking depression wise, we've all been in that place where it's like, I'm so depressed and like no one can help and I can't do anything. And then, we can't do anything. So answer mm-hmm. like answering those sort of things is really, really hard. Um, because at least for me, I know when I'm in like a good mental health place, especially with like DMS and that stuff, like I, I want to give like a cheat sheet and like, so people don't have to do the exact same, go through the exact same thing that I felt. But I'm like, people could have said so much fucking shit to me when I was at this place in my life. And it, it wouldn't have mattered because mm-hmm. like, I wasn't ready to get help. I wasn't ready to like feel better. And like, I was just like at fucking rock bottom and I needed to be there for a while. And like, no, no one could fucking pull me out except me. And it can be hard when you are not at rock bottom and seeing somebody else there and wanting to surpass and skip over all of the fucking legwork that you had to do to pull yourself out. You want to like give someone the cheat sheet to do it and you can't. And that's super, super hard. Um, but I think it's making sure that you are in touch with your feelings and your emotions and creating boundaries, like creating boundaries online, something that like I've, I, I did a couple of years ago, like not verbally, but have done it like more so verbally now where it's like, there are certain times people are like, you know, I'm doing a Q and a, and I'm like, don't ask me about how I handle being depressed. Cause I'm not handling it well right now. And like, I don't have anything to tell you. Or especially people are like, how do you stop picking your skin? I'm like, I don't know. I do it all the time. Like, yeah it can be really hard to come out because a lot of people don't come out and talk about things until they're past it. 
And then there's this idea that like trauma and mental health and all of that stuff that like it's a hump you get over and now you're better and you're fine. And we can have like, you know, like Rachel Hollis and all those fucking bullshit self-help people to thank for that, that like it's a phase in your life uh, that like it's like a time in your life and you move past it and you're not. And that's not how it works. And so you can't be a the face of something like this. And people have a hard time not associating someone with like the like oh this person has solved it help me solve it and you're like Mm -hmm. I'm coping I'm coping every day like every other person and some days I feel good enough and strong enough that I can talk about it in a way that is intentional and I'm not bearing too much of myself and putting too much of myself out there like I don't feel too vulnerable I feel secure in what I'm saying and how much I'm sharing and then other times I'm not and I think if you can be explicit with those boundaries with people Um, and I would also just say too, is there's a huge distinction between people who like will send messages or whatever, who have like a really nuanced, great understanding of mental health. And I really appreciate those people. And I've thought about like, if if I ever do anything talking about mental health explicitly, again, I will specifically ask for people to form like their questions in a certain way of being like, there are certain things if you send me are just triggering and really hard. And I would never want to send you those specific things because they would also trigger you. And I think that people can detach that there's a human behind it. But I, if you, I would prefer if you send me a message, you ask me for, you ask my consent first before Mm -hmm. you talk about something saying hi, like, Hey, and like I get great messages of being like, Hey, I'm really going through um, some like bad, like mental health stuff right now. Uh, I would love to talk to you about it if you are in if you have the capacity and you're able to right now and that's the message and there's no more and then it's like a yes I can say I'm there or I'm like I can't right now but like here's a great like resource or something like that we need to normalize asking people consent before unloading trauma and I Mm -hmm. think I've I've learned so much of that through uh, the Black Lives Matter movement of like not unloading racial trauma onto people. And I've read some like just fantastic, like eye-opening articles about like how, how like we don't talk about trauma in general and shit like this enough. And so then the second someone opens the door, we fucking floodgate. And we need to start asking people consent for that because it's, it's, it's like it's a it's a it's emotionally draining just as much as something's physically draining um and it's about creating those boundaries with the people that follow you and recognizing that you as a person and you as a story and what you put out there your story is what is going to be super helpful but you can't help individually every single person mm-hmm. and it's and hard even like in my personal life too like someone that i know constantly calls well they were constantly calling me and like before they even asked how I was doing Mm -hmm. they would just go in on whatever issue they were going through at that moment and at some point I just was like you know what like I can't deal with this right now how about when you call me and if you have a problem first ask me how I'm doing Mm -hmm. and then um and then we can see if I'm able to deal with this Um, and then I can tell you like, yeah, go ahead, share. But it's just, I think it's the main thing here is just setting up your boundaries. And you said that you're moving soon too. So that might be a good reset of things as well. And then also good content, watch, like get into funny shows, enjoy that kind of stuff. Like give yourself, uh, 
like unplug unplugging time like if we have like a really heavy call um in this like i'll go like watch brooklyn 99 for a couple hours like give mm-hmm. yourself this is like your trauma it's not your life you know like there needs to be a distinction for you but fucking amazing like it's it's absolutely amazing and it's also like you're just as amazing and impressive if you've only if you answer one message about this or none like just Mm -hmm. sharing your story there is no hierarchy of like what uh you should be doing with this because you shouldn't even be in this position but you are and you're doing great things (gasps) update update time for an update it's time for an update. update update Um, what, who, uh, who, what episode? <laughs> What's this the original from, call? <laughs> I was like, who is it? Um, this is from episode 10 from season six. Uh, the caller, she, her boyfriend that she's been with for some years, um, said that he wants to be in a polyamorous relationship and said <gasps> that it was a deal breaker years ago, but has not acted oh! on it. And so here's somebody, or here's her calling back with an update to the story. So update from the girl and her boyfriend who wanted a poly relationship, mainly her boyfriend. So to clarify, he's reminded me every six months of our four and a half year relationship that he still wants that type of relationship. And I guess I've always been in a monogamous relationship. So I just thought maybe I was doing something wrong when he brought it up, you know, thinking he wasn't serious about it. But it kind of became the main topic a few months ago when we started discussing marriage more seriously. And so we had to talk about his deal breaker, quote unquote. And it was so hurtful knowing that he would drop our relationship if I wasn't down to at least try. So I don't know what it's doing to me mentally. I probably need to go see a therapist now. But we agreed that we would try seeking the next four years before I decide to have kids. And if we don't find somebody suitable, then it would just be us. And I still don't know how to feel about this, but whether or not it ends up working out, I'll let y'all know. Um, But yes, I agree that he can be a bit manipulative, sometimes even showing sociopath-like tendencies. Um, But yeah, thank you for responding to my call, and I love y'all so much. Okay, bye. Okay, now, okay, before we were talking about him, now let's talk about you. I think that's where we need to go next because what do you want if this like you don't want to be in this relationship you don't want to be in a polyamorous relationship I mean you want to be with him but not with someone else and it hurts your feelings the thought of him thinking that there needs to be more people in this relationship um and so and you said that he has sociopathic tendencies. Like, Does why this are you sound him? like a fucking? Th- I'm picture this is what all of the bitches who love Ted Bundy sound like. Yeah. Like, why are you with him? Like you address that he can be manipulative, mm-hmm. and I think I mean him bringing it up every six months. Like, how would you get out of that conversation every six months? For the, like, you've done that eight times. You've had that conversation yeah. eight times at least. So, like what happens like how does the conversation end like and that's what like I yeah I'm gonna need some like accountability on your end for like 
he brings it up every six months and you don't think he's serious. Mm -hmm. He's brought that up at least like at least eight fucking times and you don't think he's serious. So like, how do you get out of that conversation every time? Like, do you get out of it by saying like, you know what? Like, let's think about like, I'll think about like, are you like, you know, like keeping that door open for him Mm -hmm. while like in your mind and like how you feel is like, it's like a fuck no. But like, are you making it sound like it is a possibility? Because like, it's that seems super fucking weird and also if you're knowing that you feel like you thought that he wasn't serious and it's just because he wasn't like getting enough from you like your communication skills are not there at all if like that's how you felt after that and like you're now walking into that and like Mm -hmm. going to try to to do that it just doesn't it just doesn't make sense. I want I to therapize you. I wonder what if you have any sort of, uh, um, you know, his mommy issues, daddy issues of like not feeling like you are enough growing up. And this is your ultimate. I'm going to be enough, which I very much relate to as somebody whose type has always been fuck boy and like taming the fuck boy and all of that. I would analyze that in yourself of like and 100 percent go to therapy. But like it does seem like you want to you want to win him you want Mm -hmm. to win a guy who wants to be in a polyamorous relationship and like weirdly enough it doesn't even sound like you're like invalidating like polyamory at all it's just kind of more like a self-loathing thing that this is like i should be enough like you're putting all of this on you and like it's like like you're self-sabotaging in like a game that you can't win and like i that's something that like i've totally done but that's something like fucking talk about that in therapy because like you are putting yourself in the line of you're consenting to put yourself in the line of fire and like get hurt repeatedly and like be with someone who actually explicitly makes you feel like you are not enough Mm -hmm. and you interpret that in that way as opposed to this is something that my partner needs and like I'm just going to take the next four years to like hope that like it doesn't work out so then it can just be us because I That's think it's not if, how you enter you go into a relationship and you've got like you said this in this call and the call before like you're like dead set on having kids within the next four years um like is it that you just want a kid and he's been the one that you've been in the relationship with so you think that this the who you're supposed to be with to father your kid like do you what do you want from him mm-hmm. other than just like a kid and well, all I, of his attention? But I also wonder, and I question because uh, the, if if you do have any sort of like um, self-worth like issues, if he does pick you, that won't satisfy anything in you mm-hmm. like at all. Like you're, and it's not going to satisfy him either because mm-hmm. he might, it might not work out with this one woman, but. He's like, oh, okay, yeah. well, let's go. So true. Let's try somebody else. It might have not. She might have not just been the one for us. Yeah. If you want to be hurt, which this you want to be hurt right now in this relationship. And I've been there. And like, but the thing is, is. When that person stops, if that person stops hurting you, it doesn't stop hurting you because this you're doing this to you like you. This is like a self-loathing. I need to date someone who fulfills all of my most negative thoughts about me of like, I'm unworthy. Like I, uh, I am not enough. Like I am can't stack up to other people and all of that sort of stuff. Like 
that's your own feelings of yourself and regardless of what he says or does that doesn't eradicate those those mm-hmm. internal feelings of self-hatred and self-loathing and that's something that you need um you need to deal with in therapy because like it's so easy to get caught up in the idea that like feeling chosen by someone will make like that will make that's all you need and all you want but it's it's not like that's mm-hmm. your bot like that's your like automatic like that's kind of like what we like boil it down to is like that's what matters and once I've been chosen then it's all good but it's like it's not and also you can't ensure to like someone's gonna pick you every day like you don't know like and that's what you need to work on yourself to be like you need to pick you and how you feel about yourself can't be tied to how other people feel about you which like is ironic because like I high key high key struggle with this but I truly think you just want to get hurt. Like, this is just, like, fully want to. And, yeah, like you said, like, I don't know what you, like, what what, what do you want from from him? Mm-hmm. Because this is just, yeah, you're right. It's not, like, if the first person that does it doesn't work out with, it doesn't mean that, like, that goes away at all. Yeah. Uh I just think you guys are fucking both bad for each other because I think like there's nothing that you should he needs to he should have been like stronger with his like deal breakers and bound like of like he shouldn't have you shouldn't have been able to get out of the conversation eight fucking times about his deal breakers and then like have it get to this point where it gets to that but at the same time you all should have so should have respected that he had these deal breakers and like you guys are just not not good for each other in this situation you're not Mm -mm. compatible you both want two different things. It's just not going to end well. No. So don't have a baby with him. And don't get married to him. Find it's not going to end well. wants to be um, monogamous. Because that's what you want. And yeah. he should find somebody that's okay with the poly relationship. Because that's what he wants. Mm-hmm. Neither one of you are going to change each other. No. Because it's not like a both of those things can only be done when both parties mm-hmm. want it equally so yeah um don't have a baby don't do this to a kid if you want to have a baby get a sperm donor and raise yeah. a baby or find a guy that wants to be yeah. in an august relationship mm-hmm. but it's and not it fair to all a kid. your yeah it has all your values and everything that you have mm-hmm mm-hmm I guess that's it, right? That's, that's it for our it, episode. Yeah. We've recorded in so long. I'm like, how does this work? <laughs> um, if you guys want to call in for an upcoming episode, you can leave us a voicemail at 310-694-0976. And international listeners, you can send us an audio message at meganpodcast at gmail.com. Our Facebook group is still currently closed. Please stop asking if you can be in it. You can't. We're still still vetting people. Um the people that are still ask that are still asking aren't listening right now, so there's no point in oh, true. saying this. <laughs> I was pleasantly surprised though. Um, this is not coming out the same, obviously, because we pre-record episodes. But the last episode that we recorded, um, uh, we like gave a shout out. We were like, if you guys were listening, like here are some emojis and content. And I maybe I was pleasantly surprised at how many people kept listening. Me too. Follow us on Instagram. Uh, leave a review on the Apple Podcast app if you enjoyed this. Um, check out the video. If you're not subscribed, there's a new YouTube channel. The Don't Blame Me YouTube channel where these live. Um, 
And yeah, we'll see you guys next time. Goodbye. Bye. Don't Blame Me is a production by me, executive produced by Melissa DeMonts, edited by Katrina Henning, and music by Ryan Hunter and Giacomo Picasso. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.